Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Music of Harry Potter. In this podcast, I'm going to be exploring the scores from the various composers that brought the wonderful wizarding world of Harry Potter to life. If you listen to my other show, Music of Middle-Earth, then you know that what I try to do is look at these themes through the lens of the writing that originally inspired them, and we try and see how the books are reflected in the music. The Lord of the Rings movies are a bit more clearly defined theme by theme, but I'm sure we'll be able to find our way through the Harry Potter world as well with all the incredible music from these composers for these films. Now, all of the music, hopefully, that you'll hear on this podcast will be created by myself. So without further ado, let's just dive right into this first piece that starts it all off, Hedwig's theme. We're going to start things off with a three-episode series on Hedwig's theme. There's just so much to go through with this piece of music, I thought it would fit best with three episodes. So let's do it. Let's have a listen. Thank you. 
amazing and beautiful theme. Now this one really is the theme for all things Harry Potter and is originally composed by John Williams, the incredible composer who really needs no introduction. So this piece is all about the magical world, the world that Harry is thrust into and we get to discover along with him. So let's dive into a few short readings where we start to get a sense of this amazing world that J.K. Rowling has so vividly brought to life for us. We start with a little description of Harry seeing Hogwarts for the first time. This is chapter six of The Philosopher's Stone. The narrow path opened suddenly onto the edge of a great black lake. Perched atop a high mountain on the other side, its windows sparkling in the starry sky, was a vast castle with many turrets and towers. And the fleet of little boats moved off all at once, gliding across the lake, which was as smooth as glass. Everyone was silent, staring up at the great castle overhead. It towered over them as they sailed nearer and nearer to the cliff on which it stood. And then we have this passage from the next chapter, chapter 7, The Sorting Hat. Feeling oddly as though his legs had turned to lead, Harry got into line behind a boy with sandy hair, with Ron behind him, and they walked out of the chamber, back across the hall and through a pair of double doors into the great hall. Harry had never imagined such a strange and splendid place. It was lit by thousands and thousands of candles which were floating in mid-air over four long tables where the rest of the students were sitting. These tables were laid with glittering golden plates and goblets. At the top of the hall was another long table where the teachers were sitting. Professor McGonagall led the first years up there so that they came to a halt in a line facing the other students with the teachers behind them. The hundreds of faces staring at them looked like pale lanterns in the flickering candlelight. Dotted here and there among the students, the ghosts shone misty silver. Mainly to avoid the staring eyes, Harry looked upward and saw a velvety black ceiling dotted with stars. He heard Hermione whisper, It's bewitched to look like the night sky. I read about it in Hogwarts history. It was hard to believe there was a ceiling there at all and that the Great Hall didn't simply open onto the heavens. All right, so we have now an idea as to what this magical world is all about. So let's dive into our Midmark segment, where I like to explore some of the behind the scenes and special things that I've found relating to this music and to this world. I think you'll all really enjoy this. <laughs> So for our first midmark, I wanted to share this excellent interview commentary from John Williams as he discusses the Harry Potter suite and his time working on these films. Enjoy. I got a call from Warner Brothers saying that they were going to do a promotional reel of Harry Potter for which they had no music. And would I create some theme, some music that might be used? So what I wrote was what became Hedwig's theme which I wrote sight unseen, and when people at Warner's and others heard the music, they felt that it was perfectly appropriate for the film, I was happy to say. I remember first hearing Hedwig's theme. It was so clear that this was it, 
and it felt so appropriate. It was sufficiently majestic and magical. His agent told me that John wanted me to get a copy of the music ahead of time. And that's kind of a little flag that goes up, you know, that says, um, it's going to be something I need to look at. If he says, I think you should take a look at the music, you better look at the music ahead of time. Because nobody in the orchestra is sent the music in advance, normally for a film sessions. And when the violins first turned up to the recording session, and then they saw the Hedwig's theme, oh no, it, no, it's black. You know, lots and lots of notes. And suddenly there was a flurry of everybody sort of practicing very hard. Alright, time to dive into the first segment of this piece of music. We're going to listen to the whole thing again, but then we will be analyzing just the first third of the piece for this episode, because of course there's just so much happening in it. So let's start off by hearing it all again.
Oh man, this piece of music is just nostalgia and my childhood to the max. I can remember so clearly reading that seventh book after waiting so long for it to come out. So this first section I like to think of as being all about the pure, magical world that Harry and we are thrust into. It's mysterious, it's wonderful, and simple and playful. We get two halves of this first section. The first is the main melody that we all think of, that is the pure, kind of childlike wonder of magic. Then we get this kind of quirky, silly, and playful side of it with the second section. So with all that to set the stage, let's have a listen through to our instrumentation to start things off. I won't play each, but I will discuss them all and then can show you some highlights. So this first section we have an instrument called the Celeste that we will talk about in more detail probably next episode. We have piano, violins, viola, cello, harp, oboes, bassoon, French horn, trumpet, double bass, and clarinet. All right. Already a lot going on, but let's listen to the Celeste to start. So we start with that amazing melody that sort of twinkles with intrigue and questions. Now most of this is coming from a few simple techniques that John Williams is using here. First off is that the second last note of this phrase is not in the key that we're playing in, which is B minor. So the note that he goes to at the end of this phrase is an E flat, which should be an E. So first let's hear that difference. So number one, we have that note that doesn't belong in this key, but also that note is what we call a tritone away from the note that we ended on. You can hear how these two notes, especially when I play them together, clash like crazy. It really isn't pleasant. So John Williams is throwing that in there because we have this somewhat nice melody that right at the end, at the end of the first half, we hear a curveball thrown in to say, well, maybe it isn't quite what you think it is. Very magical and very like the way that Harry is experiencing all this. Now, continuing on this first melody, we get another little question mark from Williams, which is this chromatic run. Now this is another way of playing things that don't necessarily belong to make it feel like something is slightly off. Not necessarily bad or wrong, but something is intriguing here. And played on that twinkling Celeste really makes it sound magical in this context. So let's have another listen to this intro with all the instruments and all that in mind. Thank you. 
Awesome. Now the next thing we got to talk about is these absolutely insane but amazing runs that happen on the Celeste and the violin. Let's have a listen. All right, so what we have here are these two instruments in unison, so completely in sync with each other, and playing the same thing, playing consistent 30-second notes, up and down, and sometimes not all the way down and back up, just up and down the scale at this insane speed. The whole idea here is to create that sense of magic and wonder, crescendoing up and down, just sweeping almost like a spell, you could imagine. The combination of these runs with a few of the other instruments really creates that feel of a spell being cast in my mind. Things like this short little oboe line. And this little cello line. So when we put it all back together, we have those crazy runs, these small spell cast type moments, and then we get the main melody back on top being played by the viola, harp, oboe, bassoon, and piano. So having that melody with all this craziness underneath really makes it feel like we're starting with a simple and kind of questioning world with the Celeste, but then we explode it into this for sure magical world. But we still don't know what it's all about because it's almost too much to take in, like the music itself at that fast pace. Coming together to introduce us to this magical and wonderful wizarding world. Now we get the really fun and silly side of the world where I can just imagine the Dursleys looking around and being totally baffled by the ridiculousness of all these wizards and witches. Let's have a listen to part two of this intro segment.
really great. Now we get this on the woodwinds and then we are introduced to it on the trumpets. But after that, we get this amazing version of this B theme on the Celeste that is totally just layered on with extra show-offiness, you could say. It has the melody in there, but also so, so much embellishment and fancy additional notes, you could say. These are all just hanging off the melody as fancy dressing, which is totally great again because it brings the sillier side of the magical world, one that you might find at the Weasley's Joke Shop, and takes it back to the wonder and magical realm. Let's listen to this part again and then go on to the end of the section. love at the end there where we get this big swell up we get the timpani that nice big drum adding hits and swells we also get more brass more instruments in general all coming together to play that huge melody and that all comes together for the next segment but we'll have to wait to get to that for our next episode because it is a whole other adventure we have to check out so let's have a listen to all that we've covered so far have a thought about what we've talked about so far and see if you can imagine some of that in the music now Let's have a listen.
right there it is our first section and the first part of our very first episode of the music of harry potter i really hope that you enjoyed it and i would love to hear it if you did now before we head out i want to take a listen quickly to our next segment in the next episode so here is the second part of hedwig's theme to dive into that and lastly at the end of each episode i want to take a minute to talk about podcast immersed that is the network of shows i'm running to share my love for music in these fantasy worlds i started everything off with the music of middle earth but i also run the music of marvel the music of star wars and the music of ice and fire those are all the music discussion podcasts they explore themes from those fandoms in pretty much the exact format as you're getting right here in this episode so check those out for sure I also run Star Wars sound design and Middle Earth sound design, which explore how the sounds of those films were created, and then I try to recreate them myself. Finally, I have this really fun podcast I'm working on with my great friend Katie called Books Immersed, where I create 3D immersive audiobook chapters from classic public domain books like Alice in Wonderland. So be sure to check that one out. It's really something special. All of these shows will be connected on Apple Podcasts, but you can also go to the group on Facebook, Podcast Immersed, to get all the news and all the new episodes for each of these different shows. We would love to have you. And lastly, if you would like to check out all of the ridiculous amount of extra content I'll be uploading for all of these shows combined on one Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash podcast immersed. Your support would be greatly, greatly appreciated, and there are a lot of extras for you to enjoy over there. So thank you so much for listening, and until next time, remember, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live.